I think we should start exactly with understanding what risk transfer is. Because most people understand insurance, right? Everybody has insurance. The stuff that you just mentioned, if you have a, a car, an apartment, a house, boat, you probably have insurance. Unfortunately, though, about 70% of people do not have their insurance designed specifically to protect their wealth and their lifestyle. They just have insurance. And the reason is most policies aren't designed to protect your wealth. They're not set up that way. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Wealth Podcast. I am here with a great friend of mine, Nick Obi. Nick, thank you for being here. I, I know that we're going to be talking about some maybe not quote-unquote exciting things on the surface, but I'm telling you, you've got to make sure you manage your risk and are protected, and you're building an amazing brand, and I'm just grateful that you're in our network and, and a client, and we're going to do some amazing things to come. I can't share publicly I'm really excited for what we're going to bring to the Better Wealth Nation. Caleb, thanks for having me. Couldn't be more excited to be here. You know, to me, all this stuff's exciting. So I'm, I'm excited to dive into it. You know, it's funny because a lot of people give me a hard time. They're like, Caleb, you wrote a book on life insurance and like you're building a brand around the and asset, yada, yada, yada. So it's like, I'm kind of low on the totem pole, if I'm being frank. I think you're lower though. You're oh, like, I'm, I'm probably the last one to get an invite to the party. I don't know. I don't even know if you get an invite. All right. <laughs> I'm you out. Like you're the risk manager, which by the way is so, 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 so important. If you're listening to this, you need to pay attention, take notes because majority of you listening, watching are not properly insured. We're not talking about life insurance. We're talking about insuring and we're going to talk about that from who knows what's going to happen, right? And we're going to, this is going to be really educational. I love the brand, the risk manager. And I want to just like take a step back and say, who are you? Why are you passionate about this? And why are you building a brand around risk manager? Like what, what is getting you fired up about getting this message out there? And um, I think it's going to be, I think by the end, people are going to be like, wow, we need to have Nick back on because nobody's having conversations like this. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And you know, it's interesting. I got into the industry without really fully understanding you know, what it was. I was just out of college, had a job opportunity and everyone said, well, everyone needs insurance. It's, a, it's not going anywhere. So over time, I kind of realized this is actually a really effective tool and risk transfer technique to protect your wealth, your lifestyle, success, everything that you're building. So we started having these conversations with, uh, with clients. And then a couple of years back, I really got into researching how to build you know, wealth, how to create it, how to create success. Um, that's how I found you guys. And there's a ton of information out there on all of that. You know, you could go out and get immediately motivated, you know, right now and find a ton of information on the internet, how to build wealth, success and sustain it. The problem with that is there's not a ton of information out there on how to protect it. And the more research I did, the less I found about it. So this is an industry that I'm in, I'm doing it every day and nobody's talking about how to do it. Yeah. And so I just started off doing um, like videos on LinkedIn, Instagram, started posting them. Um, it helped client conversations. It helped with some friends. But the reality of it was I still wasn't helping a ton of people with it. You know, it was, it was just kind of in my own little world. So that's where my wife and I went out and developed and kind of built this concept of risk manager, really trying to bring more insight and information around risk transfer, which we already mentioned is not the most exciting topic. Um, but getting that information out to people, because if you are either you've already done it, you've kind of made it through your career, you've built this successful life for yourself, or you're in the process of doing it, you have to protect it because overnight it could be destroyed. Right. So I'm going to qualify the person that needs to be paying attention. 
Okay. If you own a car, you own a property, you want to own a car or want to own a property someday, mm-hmm. I, I would either, I'm going to throw in our renters, you're renting yep. and you want to run a business or you own a business. These concepts you need to be paying attention to because we're talking about shifting risk and, and managing risk. So without further ado, man, let's get into the crash course. When, when we think of property and casualty, when I throw things out like umbrella insurance, and it, it honestly is like, I think it's like, oh yeah, I, I have a million dollar umbrella. I have no idea what that means. But what I'm hoping to do is creating like a, a framework, a crash course on how we can understand this, the philosophy, and then how do we make sure that we're making sure that we're properly protected and not overpaying for coverage that we don't need? No, makes sense. And um, I think we should start exactly with understanding what risk transfer is, because most people understand insurance, right? Everybody has insurance. The stuff that you just mentioned, if you have a, a car, an apartment, a house, boat, you probably have insurance. On. Unfortunately, though, about 70% of people do not have their insurance designed specifically to protect their wealth and their lifestyle. They just have insurance. And the reason is most policies aren't designed to protect your wealth. They're not set up that way. And so when we think about risk transfer, it's, it's simply shifting the risk from you and your personal balance sheet to an insurance company in, in the most simplest form. And so if you're, you know, the people that you kind of describe, if you're building, you know, this lifestyle and you're, you're trying to achieve these certain things, you need to shift your thinking from, I just need insurance to I need a risk transfer strategy. How am I going to do this correctly to protect what I'm building? And when I started thinking about it like that, it went from, I don't need insurance. I really want insurance. I want this as a part of what I'm trying to do to protect everyone. And when we start thinking about protecting our wealth and lifestyle, it's not about protecting the things that we own. Most people think about insurance. They're thinking about protecting their car or protecting their house if their, their house burns down. But in reality, the biggest threat to your wealth is not your car being totaled and then have it, having it being uninsured and insured, insured incorrectly, or same with your house. The biggest threat to your wealth is you injuring somebody else or damaging their property. Yeah. Because that number is, it could be uncapped and it's tremendously unknown. So your car, you have a value associated with it. If it's totaled, you, the worst case scenario is right. what the car is worth. If right. that happened, that's probably not going to destroy your wealth or the trajectory that you're on. Right. The flip side, if you're if you're in an accident and you paralyze somebody or your dog attacks a kid, those types of numbers are, yep. you know, those damages that you're responsible for, those numbers could be could be tremendously high. And that's the part that threatens your wealth. So yep. your wealth. So when we talk about a risk transfer strategy, that's the risk that we're trying to focus on and transfer to the insurance company. Yep. Uh, but again, people's focus is always on the insurance products, protecting their car, their stuff. Yeah, I, I remember reading a story like a while ago, and it was, it, and I don't know if I got the facts right, but it was like a robber was like breaking into someone's house, and they like slipped and fell and broke a bone or something, and the owner was on the hook to pay yeah. to pay. Yeah. I was like, that is like ironic. Like you're out more because they slipped and fell than what they were actually going to steal. And it kind of makes you mad, but we don't think about all of that. And just to, just to recap what you said is like, okay, it's one thing about a car. When I got my first car, it was $10,000. I was not going to put the special type of insurance that said, like, if I I totaled it, I'd be out, but I saved some money on the, I would say inconsequential, like it, it would hurt, but it wouldn't take me out. But we have, I have liability insurance on the car because if I, 
hit somebody, like who knows? But in talking to you, I did that wrong too. I didn't, you, we don't know these things. Right. So we, I mean, and last time we spoke, it was like, man, like I could be traveling and playing golf and be on the hook for And again, I don't want to, you know, yeah. jump ahead, but it's like, this is the type of stuff that we need to talk about because house breaking down or whatever is like not what you need to worry about. And you need insurance for those things. And no sure. one's arguing about that. So many people are underinsured walking around and they're building businesses that they're really passionate about. And they're one choice away from it being wiped away. All of it. Yeah, 100% agree. And that is, um, even our conversation last time, that's where that's where the focus has always been. You hear insurance, you think about protecting your thing. And um, you know, the golf example is a good one. Skiing, essentially, if you cause bodily injury to somebody else, you're responsible. That's how the world works. And so that's the risk we're trying to share. How do we just identify where to begin? And then what do we do about it? Because uh, again, for the majority of people, including myself, it's like I have car insurance, we have homeowner's insurance, we have this thing called an umbrella. And if we're being honest, I just got whatever's cheapest. Oh yeah. And that's 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 about all we know. That's how most people do it. Yep. you know, with all things being equal, if you thought all products were the same, all insurance products were the same, why wouldn't you take the most cost-effective one? Right. But that's, the reality of it is they're not all the same. And so we kind of take it, kind of get to the basics. And let's say there's, we got a, an example of a house, a car, and a net worth of, say, $5 million. Walking through that and structuring it, there's a couple different parts. On the, on the home, there's obviously home insurance. That policy is broken into two main parts. Right? You have coverage for the house itself in case it burns down. And then you have personal liability, which oftentimes is associated with liability at that house. In reality, it's you, the individual and your family, personal liability anywhere you go. So that golf trip you were talking about, skiing, you know, any vacation, you have personal liability that follows you, even though it's tied to your homeowner's policy. The same would go with a renter's policy. You know, got plenty of buddies that rent apartments and they say, well, I don't need renters. I don't care about my stuff. It's not about your stuff. Leave your stuff out of it. You're getting that personal liability, which that's part of a renter's policy. So that policy is broken into two parts. And then um, essentially the same as with the auto policy. You have the, the section of the policy, physical damage designed to cover your vehicle if it's in an accident. And then there's the liability section. Again, damage to somebody else or someone else's property. Those are the two parts of the, the two main components of the policy. What we're concerned about from a protecting, I guess from the perspective of protecting our wealth is the liability side. That is what is tied to it all. Because if somebody else comes after us, they're coming after most likely our money. So the liability is designed to protect them. There's a problem with both of those policies from a wealth protection standpoint, is that they are capped at a certain limit. Mm -hmm. Your personal liability policy and your home insurance is typically capped at half a million. Could go to a million, um, but for the most part, it's around half a million. So, and then with the auto policy, it's a similar thing. It's about 250,000, 500,000. But your auto policy doesn't follow you for for like personal liability, right? Correct, it's separate. So So your auto doesn't follow you for auto-related you renter's know. insurance, what does that usually, how, what's the cap on that? Is it the same? Half a million? So we're about half a million. Okay. So in, in, as I speak English here, okay. Yes. Um, if, if I have an auto policy and I hurt somebody, that's not, they're not going to tap into that, 
right? They're, if they come after me, I can't go to my car car policy and you know tap into that. But if I have a homeowner's policy, I can. But you're saying it's usually capped at around half a million to a million. So let's just say, for example, I hurt somebody. It costs three million bucks. I'm on the hook for. I have now. I need to go out of pocket for the difference. Yeah, exactly. And so, depending on the scenario, what type of you know? Let's say you're, you know, the golf example. Yeah, I know it rarely happens, but let's say you push one leg into the other field. Yeah, I know. It's never, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever shanked yeah. a shot. So I get it. And uh, but yeah, if that happens, and let's say you hit, I don't know, you hit a doctor, and he's yeah. out of work for two years, and they're coming after you for that that money, that would fall on your personal liability. But again, it's capped at yeah that half million. So if they came after you for three million, in this example, the guy uh, you know that has a net worth of five million, you are leaving a huge amount of your wealth exposed. Yep, because you only have a half million in coverage. And right. same with the auto you know, example. So that's where that umbrella policy comes into play. Got it. Okay. And so, so, and we didn't necessarily talk about the umbrella yet. So that's where the umbrella covers. It just gives you that extra buffer. Yeah. So think of it as it's excess coverage over and above those liability limits. Got so it. Strictly, is li- it's liability only uh, from an umbrella perspective. Got it. And it, it sits on top of the personal liability and the auto uh, liability. Love it. Love it. One of the, I think, things that people just don't fully understand, or they're not, they're maybe not motivated to do that because one of the problems is the the PNC person's not talking to the wealth manager and they're not talking to the the estate planner, and so you just kind of go around. You're you're just kind of checking the box because you need you need insurance. But um, I'm sure you have stories. I I know of stories of people that just like for a few dollars didn't do something because they just didn't know any better and it really cost them their business and their, their quite frankly, their ability to build wealth because of those, those decisions. And I don't want to freak anybody out, but it's like, we, if we, if we're spending all of our time talking about building wealth, we're not talking about protecting it. We're actually not doing you a, a good favor at all because, because we need to have that conversation. It needs to be holistic. So Talk about that as we take a step back. And, and again, like how can someone listening to this, what can they do today to make sure that they're, that they're covering this whole thing and, and what kind of questions that they need to be asking and, and what's really the next step? Because I know after talking to you the first time, I'm like, man, you got to look at my stuff. I have no idea what I'm doing. And, I, and I'm in the space. Like I, I, I probably know more than the average person, but I'm like, I don't know if it's competitive or not. Right. And, and how would you, you know, and, um, and so from, if, you, if you take a step back and look at what do you need to do to, to kind of protect everything you're building is first look at what you have, right? Do you have how many houses, how many cars do you rent? And the idea behind the insurance umbrella, it is, that is the tool to protect your wealth. So you need, you need that if that's the goal and that's what you're trying to accomplish. It's typically tied to your home insurance policy. So the next step is, how you structure that insurance umbrella. You can't just go out and get an umbrella and, oh, it, it covers everything. It covers a lot, but you have to design it correctly to, to cover that. And there's all sorts of, um, you know, for example, it excludes if you own a golf cart, if you own a, uh, any sort of snowmobile, uh, ATV, wreck vehicle. Most of the time, people don't have insurance on those because they say, I'll just self-insure. If you don't have that underlying insurance, it can't trigger the umbrella. So 
the idea would be evaluate everything you have in your life, determine uh, and, and look at your insurance policy, determine what's covered, what's not, and then how do you get that covered? How do you get it listed on the umbrella? And the, your in insurance umbrella carrier will tell you how to do that. If you submit an auto policy and say, I want to add this to my umbrella and the, the liability limits are too low, they'll tell you we, we can't add it unless you raise the limits to this. You know, so they will essentially provide you the instructions on what you need to show them to yep. get the data, to get everything out. So it'd be, you know, essentially it's reviewing the structure of everything, review what you have and then review the structure of your insurance umbrella. And then the other component is determine the correct amount of, of limit of what the policy will pay. And net worth is a good starting place, but there's also a lot of other factors that go into that is what, at what point in your career are you? If you're at the tail end, you have the time or the energy to go out and recreate that wealth yeah. that's going to happen to it. Um, or if, if you're starting out, maybe you can be a little bit more risky, but understanding, you know. Right. Well, I think I think just making a list and evaluating what you have and making sure that you communicate that with the insurance company. Like, who does that? No, most people do the opposite. They go, oh, I got a trampoline. I'm not going to tell my insurance person. And you're just opening yourself up for fish, you know, or because if you don't put the trampoline on and someone breaks their, you know, leg off the trampoline that they would first go to your homeowners. Correct. And your homeowners would have to cover that. Or if you didn't disclose that you had a trampoline, are they, could they say, sorry, it depends on how the policy is structured. Okay. So, so, so really they need to work with someone that really can take time to understand their situation and it's less about price and making sure that they have the most effective insurance coverage to protect their wealth. Correct. And, and protect everything that you do. If you want a trampoline, there's nothing wrong with it. If you want a motorcycle, if you want a golf cart, absolutely do it. But you're hurting yourself if you don't disclose it to the insurance company because then you can't get it designed correctly. Got it. Uh, Nick, what are the things that we need to talk about? I mean, this is, I mean, essentially make sure that you're managing your risk. If you have multiple homes, if you have multiple cars, if you have a business, like there's conversations that you need to be working with someone that understands this. And instead of having the mindset of like, I'm not going to talk about the trampoline in the backyard, like, no, like, let's figure out the best way to manage your risk. Um, because that's why you have insurance to begin with. Um, talk about the difference between catastrophic versus like inconsequential, because I think some people get insurance happy, and they're overpaying for things that are not going to wipe them out. And I don't know what your philosophy is, but my philosophy is like, insure the things that could knock you out. Um, don't insure the, the consequential. So it's like phone insurance or whatever. Like you, you could do it if you wanted, but there's a lot, of, we're, we're insuring, we're insuring everything right now. And I feel like that's where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm a few dollars add up. Um, but if that thing happens, I'm really not like, I'm not really going to need, it's not going to knock me out versus like $2 million claim would be a bummer. Oh, Probably more than a bummer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're exactly right. I mean, any everywhere you go now, it's like every time you you, you check out, you know, whether it's on Amazon or you know, you you go into a store, you want to buy the protection plan. Yep. Is it an insurance policy? No, I'm good. You know, the thing costs eighty dollars. Why do I need an insurance policy? Yeah. No, my favorite is I went into the um I think Dick's Sporting Goods and I had a tennis racket. It was like fifty bucks or something. And I could buy uh, for $13.99 or something, I could get an insurance. Deal. And it sounded like I literally felt horrible saying no. Like, <laughs> they did that good so job. good. Like, 
you know, but it's like they know it's it's a numbers game, and that's an example of like every go to Best Buy and and yeah. see what you get pitched. So sorry, but I just want to. No, but yeah, but it's it's one hundred percent true. It's everywhere you look, and I think that's where people probably have become insurance fatigue in a lot of senses. Is it's everywhere, and it it costs money. Whether it's you know thirteen dollars on the tennis racket or auto insurance, there's a cost associated with it. So, and I think you're spot on when we think about insurance and risk transfer to protect our wealth. It's let's protect against the catastrophe. And that comes right. from us injuring somebody else or damaging their property and them suing us or coming after us for an unknown amount of money. On your home insurance, your auto insurance, you can, you can tweak with the deductible. So most people, they have a minimum deductible. It's just kind of auto, auto issue. Might be a $250 deductible on your, your auto policy. Well, you could raise that to a thousand or two thousand. And when you start thinking about transferring risk, what you're saying is, I'm okay self-insuring up to two thousand dollars on my car. Anything above that, I want to transfer to the insurance company. Because now, to to me, it's a cap amount. I know that if I'm in a car accident, the worst case scenario is I'm paying two thousand dollars, and then I hand this over to the insurance company, and they handle it. From the the umbrella standpoint and the catastrophic you know standpoint, those numbers are untapped and we don't know what they could be. So that's the part we want to transfer to the insurance company. So if I was yeah. looking at you know, my home, my home, my auto, and umbrella, I would probably raise my, my home and auto deductibles, create some savings, and then use that to buy more umbrella insurance. Yep, I hear you. So in, in, a, in a sense, it's not like you're paying a way more out of pocket. You're just shifting what you're currently paying and making sure that you're really better protecting somebody. Correct. And you're putting, you're actually putting a strategy behind it as opposed to buying an off the shelf insurance product. Yeah. You know, maybe you're it. comfortable with a $25,000 deductible. Yep. That's yep. right. You know, so, yep. so thinking about it more strategically than just purchasing something to check. Yep. And I, I think for the first time, um, this, this gets people to start thinking about, man, what, what are we doing? And I, I know that you have uh, some materials that uh, if you really want to take, take this seriously, um, I know that you have a free gift that you're going to give our audience. And I just I just want to highly encourage people to take some time and to look into this because, again, it's not something that you get maybe excited about, but get it get it figured out. Work with someone that knows what they're doing. If you don't have someone that you're you're happy with, work with Nick. Like I just I'm just want people to get this and make sure that they're that they're being protected because we're all about intentional living. And I love that, man. And I love it until I don't because something horrible happens and your whole, you know, your, your investment strategy, your business strategy goes out the window because, you know, what's the point? So is there anything else that you want to share before we transition to how people can work with you? No, I think we've, I think we've covered it. And hopefully, okay. I've, you know, I've gotten people excited enough that maybe I'll get invited to the party now. Yeah, and now you're on the totem pole. Right? You're now the bottom person, but you're still <laughs> you're at the party now. So you're a dude. I'll yourself. take it. Uh, so, so let, let's go into like, okay, I want to know more information. I drilled you the first time we talked, uh, and I know that you have some pretty cool materials. What is the, what is the call to action? I know you gave us a link that we're going to use in YouTube description and, uh, also in podcast, but, but how can people get connected with you and what's the next step for them? Yeah. So if you go to riskmanager.com and it's spelled M N G R. So risk you can access the website. You can access this guide. We, we put it out there on how to structure your insurance umbrella to protect your net worth. It's kind of the first project we've released. So you can download that. There's a bunch of, it's packed with information, videos, 
Uh, we've got a checklist that can walk you through it. So you can, you can dive into that um, and that'll kind of give you the starting point on how to, how to structure this. So risk, riskmanager.com. Again, there'll be the links down below or you could type it in and just check out the guy, which you have your checklist videos. You bring in like, you're going to make this cool again. Yeah, well, again, was it ever cool? You know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But, but again, it's like we, we were talking and, and stay tuned for, for, for what's to come. Like I'm, I'm excited to share where we're headed as far as better wealth and very much like there's this, there, there's this dream to bring it all together. Like we need to make sure everybody's on the same page. And this is, this is one of those areas that every single person that's in our network is going to make sure that they are properly insured. We're not the experts, but we're connected with the experts. And I'm excited for the program that we're working on together. It's amazing, man. So what I want to transition to um, is my legacy question. And I'm curious, talking to the insurance guy, what, what, uh, what you would say here, but let's say this is your last day on earth and you can't pass on anything but a conversation. What are you going to make sure to just share in that conversation with the people that you love the most? So, you know, for the record, this question wasn't in the, uh, you know, pre-podcast uh, materials. <laughs> so that's a tough one. I think outside of just trying to live in the moment, have fun, I think the whole point of why we, you know, why I like finding better wealth and what you guys are about is being intentional about everything. And I think if you apply that to everything that you're trying to do and constantly try and find the truth and then take action on that truth, you'll be in a much better place than if you just kind of blindly plug along through life. Uh, so I guess that would be it. I love it, man. I love it. I love what you're up to. I want to encourage, again, people to take a step back, evaluate what, what kind of um, toys you have, um, homes, what kind of liability that you want to avoid. Make sure you're properly protected. Do the work. I, I know that you. it's, it's, it's a, a lifelong relationship, really, because things come and go. Uh, but really make sure that you protect your wealth because uh, what's the point of trying to build it? What's the point of trying to, you know, invest in real estate and build businesses and all this stuff when there's, there's like gaps that if God forbid something happens, like it all goes away and, and we just, this message needs to be more prevalent in the financial world, the financial planning world. And, and Nick, I'm, I'm grateful for crazy people like you that are building a brand around this concept because it's going to serve a lot of people. So thank you for being on. Caleb, thanks for having me. This was a ton of fun and I'm so excited about what's to come. So. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.